Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, we've been bracing for this, waiting for this. It's been more than a year since uh, the government indicated its intent to bring forward uh, an emissions cap on the oil and gas sector. I think there's a lot of questions as to why the government is shifting its approach here. Now, they're making the argument this is about reducing overall emissions, uh, which has certainly been uh, a part of their big part of their, their focus. But this seems to represent a departure. The idea of a carbon price is that, well, it puts a price on a ton of carbon. And it doesn't distinguish where that uh, ton of carbon comes from because ultimately it doesn't matter where it comes from. So it raises the cost uh, of emitting that carbon. And so the more the emissions, the bigger the cost. Uh, and that meant is meant to incentivize change, reducing those emissions. Now the government is taking a more regulatory and a more heavy-handed approach, arguably, uh, with imposing an emissions cap on the oil and gas sector. The only sector that's being singled out for uh, a legislated and mandated reduction of emissions. So it's not quite as harsh as uh, we'd originally been anticipating. But I think there's still a concern about uh, how workable this is. So the oil and gas industry will have to cut emissions by more than one-third by 2030. But there will be a cap-and-trade system as a part of this. So an opportunity, I guess, to buy offset credits. Now, the Alberta government still reacting angrily in a statement released by the Premier and the Environment Minister. They're going to be holding a press conference later this hour. We will hear from uh, Canada's Minister of Energy and Natural Resources, Jonathan Wilkinson, coming up after 10.30. Uh, but joining us off the top in this hour from uh, for some analysis, so the co-author of a really interesting piece uh, that was posted recently up at thehub.ca. A while oil and gas cap is no solution to Canada's slow climate progress. Uh, joining us on the line here this morning is uh, Theo Arjitas, Managing Director at Compass Rose Group. Theo, good to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, good morning. So did you, anything you, you saw or heard this morning surprise you, or is this kind of more or less what we were expecting? Yeah, I mean, uh, what surprised me, I suppose, or I guess another way of uh, framing it is kind of um, it could have been worse uh, mm -hmm. because there is scope uh, uh, there for uh, essentially the, 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 the cap is less stringent than than many had feared. Um, you know, the, the original target was about 40 percent reduction in emissions from the oil and gas sector uh, by 2030. Now, um, the, uh, the cap and trade system that they announced this morning, uh, actually, uh, may, uh, limit the amount of emissions that the, the sector can, it will be forced to, to, to reduce by, um, to as little as 20% by 2030, uh, if they, if they are allowed to kind of pay, um, they'll have an option to kind of pay, uh, the difference, for example. Uh, the actual, uh, the, the actual cap is, uh, 35 to 38% by, by 2030, which is less than the 40 to 42% that they had been talking about. Uh, plus, there is that flexibility that allows them to reduce it by as little as 20% uh, if they pay into kind of, um, if they acquire certain offset credits or they pay into some type of decarbonization fund. 
So it's actually uh, a lot less stringent than um, than you know initially kind of uh, thought, and it's actually in line with uh, some of the numbers uh, that um, you know um, the, the sector itself has been saying uh, would be feasible in the twenty to twenty five percent range by twenty thirty. But at the same time, it's still going to be an expensive endeavor. It's going to be very expensive, not only just to, not only to uh, introduce all of this technology and, and make all of these invest- investments in the oil and gas sector, uh, but also, uh, you know, the extra flexi- flexibility that they are, they are providing, government is providing to the oil and gas sector will come uh, at an additional cost as well. So the actual uh, cap is less stringent, but, you know, there's still a massive expense involved to meet these, uh, these uh, even less stringent targets. To what extent, then, do you think this does represent a departure from, you know, the the uh, consistent approach of of uh, pricing uh, emissions, uh, you know, carbon pricing, to to this kind of a more regulatory approach? Yeah, I mean, that's clearly uh, where they've gone, and this is actually uh, not even kind of new because you know what are uh, the clean electricity regulations or the clean fuel standard, the methane regulations. I mean, essentially. They are moving towards uh, moving away from carbon pricing, um, and uh, you know uh, the latest uh, as well. Uh, the, the latest move was the uh, the exemption of heating oil from the the, the carbon uh, pricing regime as well. The so-called uh, temporary uh, exemption, which um, you know a lot of have, has a lot of people wondering whether it will be uh, temporary and what it means for the rest of the uh, the, the pricing regime. So. Uh, clearly, um, you know, they are moving uh, to a regulatory uh, system rather than a pricing system, uh, which uh, may reflect, uh, you know, um, you know, less confidence that the pricing system can get us to net zero, uh, but also kind of cognizance um, of the fact that the, the politics around pricing uh, make it uh, uh, perhaps, um, you know, uh, very difficult to, to use that as a sole, uh, sole uh, framework to to achieve net zero by 2050. Yeah. Is, is it a more costly way or a less efficient way of, of trying to get emissions reductions? Sure. I mean, that the whole argument around pricing, carbon pricing, was it's the most efficient, uh, least cost way of achieving um, your objectives. That's the, the kind of the, um, the, the, the tool that economists uh, would prefer to see uh, in a kind of a first best ideal world uh, but uh you know uh, what we've seen is that it's uh, very difficult uh, to execute uh in part because uh, you know it generates a lot of revenue for government and you know just on that basis people um people um are opposed to it uh, for uh, for various reasons so um they are moving to more regulated uh, regulated approach clearly i mean we saw two announcements over the last week including the methane regulations which is exactly that regulation and um you know and so you know it looks like um the you know the carbon pricing regime uh, you know in 10 years from now might not be kind of the primary driver of, of Canada's decarbonization efforts what would be a better way then to move forward? Is carbon pricing alone sufficient, or or is there more, but but different ways that the government could could act? You know, I think uh, I think the, the maybe the first question to ask is uh, you know uh, the pace at which we, we we go to net zero. So if we assume that everyone is bought into the the twenty fifty target, 
um, and the whole idea of net zero, which is, uh, you know, it's not a given, uh, but let's assume that that's the case. The question becomes, uh, you know, at what pace? And I think that's where the debate is going to go. And I think that's where, that's where, uh, you know, you're going to see the debate, um, uh, you know, federally, uh, when we, when we, that time comes, um, in the next election to discuss this. I think the debate will be, uh, targets, the, the kind of the shorter term and, uh, and medium term targets versus the 2050, uh, uh, targets. So do we need to go, uh, at such a, uh, such a, uh, rapid pace? Um, and and the second question uh is um you know how does that how does that fit into kind of global emissions so you know uh, just uh, just because canada is reducing its carbon footprint doesn't mean that the rest of the world is as well um so uh i think uh, you'll the, the other question will be you know how does this how does canada's uh how do canada's targets and the pace at which we are trying to achieve these targets how does that fit into the global picture and I think that's where the debate is going to go. I think we're going to talk, be talking a lot about targets going forward. And we're going to be talking a lot about how that fits into the, the global decarbonization efforts. And I think that's kind of reflective, for example, in the clean electricity regulations. I mean, I think that's kind of where the Alberta government is, for example. Uh, it's less about, um, you know, the final uh, outcome and more about the, the, the pace at which we, get, we go there. Well, we'll see where it all goes from here. Uh, as mentioned, uh, your piece is from a couple of weeks ago. It's up at uh, thehub.ca. Uh, Theo, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it.